Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Into the Word of God. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor and tell him you look good this morning. Why don't you tell your other neighbor the same thing? Tell them you don't look too bad yourself. Amen. Hey, well, let's dive into the Word because I, I got to preach short today because we got 11 people getting baptized today. Come on, somebody. Let's go. And it's funny because the list keeps growing. It's like, like, you know, I was, Zach gave me a list. He goes, here you go, pastor. Here's, here's the people that are getting baptized. And then he comes back. Some more people showed up. They're also getting baptized. I'm like, come on, let's do this one more time. Let's, let's see how many more people we can get baptized today. But it's exciting to see what God is doing here. So I'm not going to take a lot of your time today, but I do want to continue on in this series that we've been in called Shovel and Spear. If you're joining us today for the first time because you've got a friend or a relative getting baptized and you have a home church, thank you so much for being here today. We, it's truly an honor to worship alongside you. But if you do not have a home church, if, if you are here to witness a baptism of a friend or a family member, on behalf of Lighthouse Church, we'd like to extend a great big welcome to you all and if you do not have a church family we can be your family okay we're a little crazy admit admitted but 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 we love real big we party real big we serve real big because we serve a really big god amen and so we just do everything real big here at this church and if you're wondering man what in the world why are they in the tent and not inside well a few months ago God bless us with the opportunity to purchase this building. Come on, somebody, in the middle of a pandemic, the opportunity to purchase this building came up. We started the process way back in July of 2020, believe it or not, and it has been a long journey to get here. We finally closed escrow a couple of months ago, and after we closed escrow, um, we went into the design process, and, and now we are at the point where we are very soon going to be showing you guys. As a matter of fact, next month, somebody say next month. Hey, don't miss next month. We're actually going to show you the designs, and then we're going to start knocking down some walls. We're going to start cutting down some trees. We're going to start creating some beautiful places and spaces here. So while we've been in this, while we've been in, in the buildup of all that, we've been in this series called Shovel and Spear, teaching on the books of Ezra and the books of Nehemiah. And so if you want to catch up, you can go back on YouTube, you can go back on podcasts and listen to all of the messages and get all caught up. But today we're going to continue on and now we're going to go to chapter six of Nehemiah and we're going to continue on with shovel and spear. So go with me to Nehemiah chapter six, verse one through four, and it reads as follows. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it. Now, now pay attention to this parentheses right here. Although up until that time, I had not yet set up the doors on the gates. So the walls were built, the frames for the doors were there, but nobody put a door on a gate just yet. So there was still some exposure on these walls because the doors hadn't been put up yet. 
So Sambalot and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come and let us meet together at Hecapharim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. Let's take a few moments and pray. We're going to get into our word, and then we're going to celebrate some baptism. Sound good, everybody? Come on, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that you are doing here today. We thank you because we have felt your presence the moment that we walked into this parking lot. I'm so thankful, Lord God, for what you're getting ready to do. We are going to celebrate new life, and we are so excited and expectant for every person that is making a life-changing decision today. Now, Father, I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Let us hear everything that we have, everything that you have to say to us today. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one last time, Lighthouse Church, and you may be seated. Well, well, as you saw just a few minutes ago, I've got three young boys that I'm raising. I got a five-year-old. I got a a seven, soon to be eight years old. My son Jude celebrates his birthday on Wednesday, all right? So, yeah, we got a double birthday going up this week. And then I have my oldest son right here, Jaden, who's 11. And parents, you're going to remember this. One of the things that has happened with every single one of my kids is once they got their own room, they got to this point where they got real possessive with their room. And and this is how they indicated that it was their room. They drew a sign that said, no Jude allowed. And they put that sign on the door. I'll never forget my my son, Jaden, when he when he had had it with his younger brother, Jude, he put a sign on his door and it said, no Jude and no girls allowed. I'm thinking like there's no girls in this house other than your mom. You know, I'm raising boys, so it's not like we're having sleepovers with little girls coming to the house. But he felt it necessary to put no Jude and no girls allowed. Parents, you remember when your kids did that too? Isn't it like every single child did that at some point? Or is it just my crazy wild children? Like, like every kid does that, right? They, they put a door, they put a sign on the door, and they're saying, keep out. You're not allowed in the door. And they do that because doors are access, Right? Doorways, doors, they they give access in and they give access out. Anytime a door is open, there's a degree of exposure that you have because anybody can walk through an open door. You know this at work, right? If your boss shuts the door, you don't just barge into that room, do you? You probably knock, boss, can I get five minutes of your time when... Whenever you've got him in it. Why? Because the door is shut. It's, it's the, the shut door is sending the message that I'm not available right now. The shut door is sending the message that I cannot be accessed in this moment. But, but here in the text, and we've been reading about how the exiles built the walls of Jerusalem, and they did it in record time. And while the exiles, the Jewish exiles, as they come back to Jerusalem, which is their home motherland, and as they are rebuilding the walls in record time, they're, they're just about done. And, and and, and their enemies are livid about this. You see, they, they had some enemies that were in the surrounding areas, and they didn't like seeing the people of God, Jerusalem, build these walls because it, it, it sent the message to them one more time that this nation 
was coming together once again. They knew all about this nation because once upon a time, they were ruled by King Solomon, who was one of the greatest kings that, that ever lived in Jerusalem. Once upon a time, they were, they were governed and they were led by King David. Once upon a time, this was a great and mighty and powerful nation, and God was with them. And listen, all the surrounding nations knew that. And so eventually they're led into captivity. But when they come out of captivity, all of the surrounding nations are worried that Jerusalem, I'm sorry, that, that, that the Jews, once they got to Jerusalem, that they would become a great and mighty nation one more time. That's why they had haters. Somebody say haters. You know what I'm talking about, right? People that don't want to see you do good. People that don't want to see you excel. People that get bothered by your success. People that seem to get bothered just because things are going right for you. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't pay attention to the haters. I learned this in business school a long time ago. You ever realize that Pepsi, did you ever realize that Coke never makes a commercial about Pepsi? Pepsi will make a commercial about Coke, but Coke will never make a commercial about Pepsi. Why? Because number one never acknowledges the number two. Number two talks about number one a lot. And I'm not saying you got to like one over the other. We just know that Coke is the bigger brand. They sell more product. They're the, they're the bigger soft drink. The same way in life, just realize if they're talking about you, it's because they know they can't get on your level. Come on, somebody. And, and so this, this, this what, what the Jews were dealing with was they did not want them to get to the level that they had been. And so their, their, their enemies were trying to get them to stop building. And that's where we pick up here at the text. And so as Nehemiah is wrapping up the building project, we, we read here that Sambalot and Tobiah, they, they're, they're like, hey, Nehemiah, why don't you come down here? To, oh, no, let's hang out at the coffee shop. We want to talk to you. We want to talk about all this stuff that's happening with the walls. And Nehemiah's like, nah, I'm not going, fam. I'm not going. And they kept sending messengers to Nehemiah to ask him, come on out and meet us in the Valley of Ono and let's hang out. We just want to talk to you. But Nehemiah knew that if he left the city, he was endangering his life. And it wasn't just his life that was in danger. If they killed the leader of the city, they might stop the movement that was happening in Jerusalem. Now, the problem with this is, is that the reason they kept coming in to get to Nehemiah is because there was no doors on the gates. As long as there were no doors, there was access that the enemies had to Nehemiah. Watch this. Let's, let's get Nehemiah's response to what the enemy was saying to him. He says this, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should I... Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And I want to show you that there's a few different ways here that Nehemiah's enemy tries to get a hold of him while he's working on the wall and while there are no doors on the gates. And here's the first one. And this is the same way that the enemy is going to come after you, Lighthouse. The enemy will use distractions. Somebody say distractions. Write that down if you're taking notes. The enemy will use distractions. As long as your door is open... As long as you've not closed the door to the enemy, he will first try to get you to become distracted. There's nothing worse than a distracted church. I think in the year 2020, a lot of churches got distracted. There was a lot of stuff happening in 2020, right? A lot of famous people died. A lot of good people died. And, and, and 2020 was a rough year, and we're dealing with the pandemic, and we're dealing with the crazy election. We're dealing with all kinds of racial uprisings and tensions. And you'll never, you'll, you'll, you'll never, I don't know if we're ever going to live through something like that again. I, I hope we don't have to. But there was a lot of distractions happening. 
I think there was a lot of churches that got distracted. I think there were a lot of churches that all of a sudden lost the power of preaching the gospel and started preaching another gospel because they got distracted. And the enemy will do that to you the same way that he'll try to distract the church. Listen to me, Lighthouse. He will try to distract you. He'll try to distract you from the thing that he's called you to do. He'll try to distract you from the work that he's created you to do. He'll try to distract you from entering into a deep relationship with him. God's trying to do a deep and prophetic work in your life. And if we're not careful because we've left our doors open, the enemy will come in and he will try to distract us. See, as long as the door is open, he'll look at you from the other side of this door and he'll try to say, come on over here. I've got this over here. And, and come on over here and be a part of this. And, and this is a really good thing that you can be doing over here. And he can distract you as long as the door is open. And so because there was no doors, Nehemiah was, was, was open and available to being distracted. But, but we need to get some people that refuse to get distracted. As a matter of fact, the reason I believe that God blessed Lighthouse Church with the building in the middle of 2020, we were only one year old as a church. Who gets a building after only being one years old at a church? Who gets a building way below market with no down payment, with a 0% interest loan? That's a work of God. But I'll tell you why. We never got distracted, Lighthouse Church. We never stopped preaching the gospel. When we couldn't meet in the school anymore, we met in a warehouse. When we couldn't meet in a warehouse, we borrowed a church. When we couldn't meet in a church, we used the parking lot. We used anywhere and everywhere. We were recording services inside of a co-work. Why? Because the gospel needed to be preached. Because people needed to know, to know about the love of Christ. And in 2020, listen to me, in the middle of a pandemic, when we were online for 49 weeks, we did not have Sunday worship experiences. We had more baptisms in 2020 than we did in 2019 when we were meeting in person. Who does that but God? I said, who does that but God? And it's a power of a church that is focused. When the church refuses to get distracted, the church can do some incredible things. When the church refuses to, do, to get distracted, the church can accomplish so many incredible things together. But we cannot allow the enemy to distract us. And in your life and in your marriage, again, I'm talking about the church, but individually, every single one of you, do not allow the enemy to distract you. Don't, don't, don't get distracted. You have too much writing right now for you to get distracted. God wants to do too much through you to get distracted. There is so much that God wants to do through you, but you cannot get distracted. Tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. I know it's football season now. It's mighty tempting to stay home on a Sunday. Tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. I know it's basketball season and I know there's teams getting ready to make a run, but tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. I know that the holiday season is coming up and it's really easy to stay home. It's really easy to spend money you don't have. It's really easy to get consumed by the holidays. But tell your neighbor, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. And, and, and so here's what happens. After Nehemiah's enemies could not get him to come out, they were like, man, we got to stop these guys. If they put the walls up, I mean, this, this job is done. It's over. So they tried another way. And let's go now to Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. Next few verses, it says this. Now in the same way, Sanballat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations. And Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That's why you are building the wall. 
And according to these reports, you want to become their king. Okay, <laughs> now watch what's happening here. If you go back, we, wrote, we, we know that Nehemiah was a cupbearer of King Artaxerxes, and King Artaxerxes gave Nehemiah not just the approval, but the authority to go and build the walls. He was not doing anything outside of the king's authority. We talked about this five weeks ago. He's operating 100% underneath the authority of King Artaxerxes. But because the enemy could not distract him, this is what the enemy did next. And watch you write this down. The enemy decided to use deception. He said, there's a rumor going on that you actually are trying to rebel. And if you rebel, you wish to be your own king. You, you got to get the severity of this. They, they concocted a lie so bad, so bad, that if this lie got back to King Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes would send the Persian Empire right back down to Jerusalem, and he would wipe every Jew off the face of the earth. Okay, this wasn't no little lie. This was a lie big enough to get them into some deep, deep, very deep trouble. And they concocted this lie because they realized that if I can't get you distracted, maybe I can get your attention by making up a lie. Maybe I can create a lie big enough. Maybe I can get you sucked into a lie that I will not, that, that, that I can get you completely off focus. And guys, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's worth repeating. Everything that comes out of the enemy's mouth is a lie. Why? Because he's the father of lies. The Bible says there's no truth in him. Not a single thing is true in him. And there's one thing that the enemy has been very successful in doing in 2020 is planting deep seeds of lies in people. The amount of anxiety that people are dealing with, the, um, the amount of suic the, the suicide rate that has absolutely skyrocketed and everything that happened in 2020, I, I, COVID took a lot of lives. But I, I think that more lives were impacted by anxiety, depression, suicide, and those were all weapons of the enemy. The enemy was whispering lies to people, telling them you're not good enough, telling them you're not seen, telling them that nobody loves you. But understand, every time the enemy enemy speaks and whispers those words to you it's because the opposite is true when the enemy says that nobody loves you it's because he knows there's a god in heaven that loves you he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you if the enemy says nobody sees you it's because the enemy knows that god sees you god knows you he has every head every hair on your head counted if the enemy says nobody loves you here on this earth you got to realize that he's saying that because he knows there's a church called lighthouse that loves you and will walk with you and will journey with you and you're not alone on this journey but but as long as the doors are open the enemy will feed you lies he'll, he'll speak lies into your marriage maybe this isn't the right person for me he'll speak lies into your job maybe this isn't the right job for me he will attack every fiber of your life and make no mistake the enemy's got a very simple mission statement okay just like every organization has a mission statement the enemy has a mission statement too it's to steal it's to kill and it's to destroy that's the only thing he wants to do that's the only thing he's into doing. He's into destroying your marriage. He's into destroying your home. He's into destroying your children. He's into destroying your hope. He's into destroying your future. That's what he wants to do. But praise be unto God that God comes with more authority and with more power. And he declares, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have life in abundance. Come on. How many want to live an abundant life, Lighthouse Church? I said, how many of you want to live an abundant life, Lighthouse Church? 
So this is what you do. The best way to expose the lie is to show it the truth. Write that down. When you start with the truth, you expose the lie. When you start with the truth, you expose the lie. I won't forget when I was 18 years old, I had just graduated from high school, and I was trying to get myself like a job job. Prior to that, I was making cinnamon rolls at Cinnabon. Come on, somebody. How many of you know about those like fresh out of high school jobs? I was making cinnamon rolls and making espressos. You see, I'm old enough for back once upon a time they actually sold espresso at Cinnabon. They don't do that no more, okay? That's how you, you know Pastor Josh getting old, all right? And, and so that was my first job. And, and then I went to go work at a bank. And, and, and I was like leveling up. I'm like, yeah, I'm working at a bank now. I get to wear a tie and all that stuff, look nice. And, but I remember, I'll never forget going to teller training. And we spent one week in training. And, and they're training us to be a banker, training us to be a teller. And I'll never forget, they, they, they had a, a very, very small, small section of teller training. It was 40 hours of teller training. All week they trained us. It was a very small, small section of teller training where they brought out fake currency. And so this is a fake, this is a fake bill. This is a fake bill. This is a fake bill. Pass it around. All right, I'll put the fake bills away. And I wondered, I said, you know, given that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for people to do counterfeit and, and fake currency. Why is it that you only showed us fake currency for like 30 minutes out of a 40 hour training? And I'll never forget that the manager that was in charge of training us, she said this, and it has nothing to do with the scriptures, but it has a powerful principle that you can apply. She said this, you're going to be surrounded by enough of the true and accurate currency that everything that is fake is going to stand out. So what we do is we want to get you surrounded by truth, and that'll expose the lie. That'll preach right there, Lighthouse Church. When you get surrounded by the truth, it'll expose the lies of the enemy. This is why you got to get to church on a Sunday on the very first day of the week. Start with the truth. Because on Monday when the enemy comes and starts to lie to you, I'm sorry. I know what the word of God says about me. I know what he told me when I was in worship. I know what God told me when I was in prayer. And because I've been exposed to the truth, I see that that's counterfeit. I see that that's a lie. I see that that's a trick of the enemy because I've been living in the truth. Let's go back to the gospels. When Jesus was first baptized he was led into the wilderness and he was tempted by satan there in the wilderness and what happened every time satan came and brought a lie to him he said if you are the son of god and i know you haven't eaten in 40 days turn those rocks into loaves of bread what did jesus respond to him with scriptures why because the bible is the truth so every time he was confronted with a lie, he responded with truth. Lighthouse, you've got to do the exact same thing in your life. Every time the enemy comes and presents a lie to you, you ain't got to fight and get all gangster. You know where I'm from, devil. I was a Vista homeboy. No, no, no. Just, just quote the Bible, okay? Just quote the Bible. Just say, you know, no, no, I'm sorry, but my word of God tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The next time he tries to tell you that he's coming after your child, you say, no, no, no. You understand, devil? I trained up my child in the ways of the Lord, and he's going to follow that all the days of his life. Just fight him with scriptures. When you fight him with scriptures, you're combating him with truth. Look, if it worked for Jesus, it'll work for you. If Jesus combated every single lie with truth, it works for you. So when you start with the truth, it exposes the lie. That's why every single morning, the last thing I'm going to say about it, every single morning, get up and have a conversation with God. Every single morning, spend moments deep in his presence because you are starting with the truth. And everything that's a lie that comes after that is exposed. 
And so when you start your day and God is filling you up, when you go to work and your coworkers start acting the fool, you're like, I'm sorry, I spent time with Jesus today. I am not going there. Your boss starts acting up. I'm sorry, I've been with Jesus. I'm not going there. Your kids start acting up. I've been with Jesus. I'm going to hold my hand back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, spend your morning with him. Now, this is the last thing I'm going to say. If you're getting baptized and you are not yet ready to get baptized, do me a favor. Run out to those restrooms as quickly and quietly as possible because we're going to start baptizing in about 10 minutes. Uh, those of you that are helping with baptisms, get ready as well because in about 10 minutes, we're going to get going. Those of you that are already ready to get baptized, thank you so much. I'm going to call you up in just a moment. But again, let's wrap this sermon home. So now let's talk about the last lie here. Let's talk about the last lie here. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10, because after the enemy said, hey, you guys want to rebel, and, and Nehemiah, you want to be a king. And, and, and Nehemiah had to tell him, like, you guys are making up stuff right now. Like, you guys are just literally spewing out hot, stinking lies. <laughs> That's not what we want to do. We got authority to build this wall by King Artaxerxes himself. Praise the Lord. So he's like, we're not even going to go there. So the enemy tried one more thing, and that's in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10. It says this. Now, I went into the house of Shemaiah. Shemaiah is a prophet. Okay, watch this now. Now, I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mahetabel, who was confined to his home. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God. Somebody say the temple. Let us meet in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. So Nehemiah goes to the prophet and tells him, he's like, yo, man, it's getting wilder. At first they tried to distract me, and now they're making up lies. So he goes to the prophet, hoping to hear a word. He went for some wise counsel. He came to be comforted by the prophet, and the prophet says, hey, let's go to the temple, and let's hide out in the temple. Now that's verse 10. Let's go to verse 12 now. Listen, what Nehemiah says, and I understood and saw that God had not sent him. Somebody say him, the prophet. Okay, say it again. Say him, the prophet. Nehemiah discerned that the prophet had not been sent by God. Watch this now. But he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. Okay, let's, let, let's break this down right here. Because Nehemiah goes to the prophet. The prophet says, hey, let's go hide in the temple. But because Nehemiah was a man of God, he immediately discerned that the prophet had been paid off. He had been paid off, and he was now speaking lies to Nehemiah. And, 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 and he told him, let's go to the church and hide out there. That kind of sounds like godly counsel, right? Like, like, this sounds pretty legit. First, I'm going to go to the prophet. And then the prophet says, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go hide in the church. And then he discerns, you know what? I think this prophet got paid off. I think he is doing false prophecy. And he was right. And he had been paid off. The enemy how, had used the final tool in his arsenal. Let's get it on the screen. The enemy will use delusion. The enemy will use delusion. Delusion is simply this. It's altered reality in spite of evidence to the contrary. I, I, I like to use this language like this. Is it good or is it God? Is it good or is it God? Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. Now, you guys got to catch this because this is like advanced satanic tricks 101. Like this is the honors class right here, okay? This is like the calculus of satanic tricks, all right? 
Because what he'll do when he can't distract you and what he'll do when he can't create a lie about you is he'll present something in front of you that's good. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good job. It's good pay. It's a good opportunity. Give you an opportunity to provide for your family in a way that you've never provided before. It's a good thing. But it wasn't a God thing. And the enemy's really good at putting things in front of you that look good. The enemy's really good at putting things in front of you that appear like they are the right way to go. And it's not God. You listen to me, Lighthouse. You've got to learn to discern. Is it good or is it God? Nehemiah was able to discern that in that moment, he goes to the prophet. The prophet. Yo, they got the pastor. They probably bought him some off-white Jordans or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, will you lie? We'll buy you some sneakers, you know, put you on the ground. Sneakers and preachers. Come on, somebody. It's like, just all you got to do is lie. And he bought the bait. And here is this prophet trying to lead Nehemiah into the temple so that he could be assassinated in the temple. And Nehemiah had the wherewithal to discern. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second. This ain't God. Wait, wait a second. This ain't God. This, this looks good. I'm talking to someone that is supposed to be the man of God. I'm talking to someone that's presenting a good thing, but it's not a God thing. And Lighthouse, my prayer for you, and I'm coming to a close if I can get Sam. I, I, my prayer for you is that, that you learn to discern what is good and what is God. My prayer for you is that you spend enough time in God's presence that when the good thing comes, you're able to discern. Some of you might be wondering, well, Pastor Josh, how, how do I do that? I mean, that sounds really complicated, Pastor Josh. You said it. That's like some calculus-level tricks of the enemy. Well, this is what you do. Not only do you got to linger in God's presence, but you got to linger with some godly people. Oh, I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. You got to linger with some godly people. You need some people in your life that love you enough to tell you, amen, that looks real good. I don't know that it's God, though. You ever had anyone tell you that before? I've had that talk before. It's a tough place to be when, when you're faced with an opportunity. And this looks so good. I can remember conversation after conversation with my father, and he's here with me today. I've been able to run to him and say, Dad, I have this opportunity. And he's, helped, he's so helped me to see what was good and what was God. And you need some people in your life. If you're like, I, I don't got my, my dad and my mom, I mean, they're not even, they're not followers of Jesus. Then, then get you some people that can become spiritual fathers and mothers to you. This is why we want you in a connect group. This is why we want you doing life with other people. We don't want you out there alone. We don't want you doing life all by yourself. You, we don't want you getting picked off by the enemy because you left the community of the church. You guys know what I'm talking about? You're a lot easier to pick off when you're vulnerable, alone, and exposed. But when you run with the pack, come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you're part of my tribe. Come on, tell your neighbor you're part of my tribe. When you run with the tribe, they stay away from you. But when you're out there on the fringes all alone, I just watched church online. Okay, that was for a season, all right? That was cool in 2020. But get to a church now, all right? Get in community now. Okay, get around some. If, if you got a real medical reason, God bless you, stay home, do what you got to do. But, but if you're just being lazy... If you're just trying to do this all by yourself, man, even Jesus had 12 that he rolled with, and he's the son of God. You don't see Jesus doing life all by himself. It's just me and Jesus. No. Get up, brush your teeth, and get to church. Get in community. Find some people that love you. Hey, listen, Lighthouse, I'm trying to help you right now. I'm trying to help you right now. And, and what I love about baptism, this is the last thing I'm going to say. 
Then I'm going to pray with you all. Jimmy, let's get ready. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. Y'all ready for baptisms right now? What I love about baptism is this. You, you, could, you could be in the church and still have your door open. Listen to me, Lighthouse. Nehemiah built the walls, but there was no doors. Nehemiah finished the walls, but as long as the doors were open, Sambalot and Tobiah kept sending in messengers. And they kept saying, come out to Ono's. I ain't going to Ono's, okay? Ono's is a restaurant, by the way, at Chula Vista. It was great food. Every time I read that, I think of Ono's. They had these malasadas there. Help me, Jesus. I'm like, anyway, go moving on. But they say, come out to Ono. Come out to Ono and meet us here. And they try to distract him. And they said, well, there's a rumor saying you guys want to be your own kingdom. And Nehemiah is going to be the king. And it was lie after lie as long as the doors were open. It was deception after deception as long as the doors were open. It was trick after trick as long as the doors were open. But what I love about Baptism Sunday, and, and I, I, I hope I do not knock this door down. I would be very careful. The thing about Baptism Sunday is this. People that are here today and that are getting baptized, you know what they're doing? They're closing the door. I said they're closing the door today. Baptism shuts the door so that the enemy stops messing with you, so that the enemy stops distracting you, so that the enemy stops lying to you, so that the enemy stops concocting stories. When you shut the door, you're not just making a statement before God. You're also letting the enemy know. You're also letting the world know. You're also letting your friends know. The old me, no, no, no. I close the door to the old me. I don't turn up like I used to turn up anymore because I made a decision to follow Jesus and, and the old me doesn't get distracted I close the door and I refuse to allow myself to be distracted anymore the old me when I heard a lie I would have got real gangster I would have got in someone's face the old me when I heard that sort of deception I would have gotten a fight with someone but the new me says that God is doing a work on the inside of me and because I've closed the door the enemy can't come in anymore. He can't mess with me anymore. He can't have my peace. He can't have my mind. He can't have my heart. He can't have my marriage. He can't have my children. He can't have my family. I've closed the door and I said enough is enough. I'm going into a watery grave and I'm never going to be the same again because I've made a decision and I've made a declaration that the old man is gone. Behold, all things have become new again. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's the decision that I made when I got baptized because when I got baptized, I closed the door. Come on, somebody, let's give God some praise. When I gave my life to Jesus, I shut the door. I shut the door. I closed it. I said, you can't mess with me no more. You can't mess with me anymore. I shut the door. You can't come get me anymore because I closed the door. Come on, somebody. I'm going to invite you to stand in your feet. I just want to take you into a moment of prayer right now. And listen to me. If you have not yet made a decision to get baptized, and today you want to close the door, Today's the day that you shut the door to the old you. Today's the day that you shut the door to the old person you used to be. Today's the day that you shut the door to the attacks and the tricks and the tactics of the enemy. I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're never going to have a hard day again. But here's what I know. You've now closed the door. You, you've, you've sent the message that you just can't mess with me like you used to mess with me anymore because the door has been closed. Tell your neighbor, I shut the door. 
Come on, I want you to tell them with some authority. Tell them, I shut the door. So if you've not yet been baptized, I've got shorts for you. I've got a shirt for you. I've got towels for you. If if you want to make a decision right now in this moment and you want to get baptized, you don't have to worry about not having anything. We got everything you need to get baptized right here, right now. Come on, somebody. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can start again. Today is the day of new beginnings. And we're so excited. Let's get ready, Lighthouse. Y'all ready to celebrate some baptisms? I'm going to ask all of my family baptisms. Would y'all go ahead and start walking down here? Daniel, Taisha, go you come on down here. And I'm going to ask you, you two can get into the tank together. This is a beautiful husband and wife that are getting baptized today. Daniel and Taisha, let's go ahead and bring them into the water. And here's what we're going to do. I'm, we're just going to get them ready. I'm going to pray right now over every person that is going to get baptized. And then we're going to start baptizing. We're going to start worshiping. If you want to come down and get a closer look, you can come down and get a closer look. It's about to get real right now, Lighthouse Church. But are y'all ready to celebrate Lighthouse? All right, Lighthouse, do me a favor. Everybody raise those hands up. I want you to raise your hand towards this baptistry, towards all of these people right here. And we're going to pray for every person that is making a decision to get baptized. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for life change. We thank you for what's happening and what you're getting ready to do. We pray right now over every single person that is getting ready to be water baptized. We thank you, God, because you are washing away their sins. We thank you, God, because you are making all things new. We thank you, God, because today is a day of new beginnings. We thank you, God, because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to fill their hearts and fill this tent. We thank you, God, for what you're getting ready to do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.